1: Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of everything to touch on. Um, we've got Wisconsin Volleyball, who advanced in the NCAA tournament. They'll uh, move on to the Sweet 16 after their win over Weber State. We'll talk about that. We've got some basketball to discuss. Of course, the big news surrounding Brad Davison returning to UW, as well as Wisconsin basketball, um, picking up. Some uh, transfer in Jac- Jacoby Neath out uh, of Wake Forest. We'll talk about that. Wisconsin looks like they've been uh, pretty active in the transfer market. I know they threw out a couple um, you know, feelers to a couple other places that way. Um, so that is an interesting kind of see how the rotation gets impacted with the addition of those two and maybe one other player down the road here. Uh, to round things out, we'll talk about Wisconsin football. We've got some news in, in terms of the 2020-23 t- 20, recruiting class. Um, we've got some uh, preferred walk-on news um, at the quarterback position. We'll, we'll touch on everything you know, to kind of round out spring practice for the week. So it should be a lot of fun um, episode to kind of give you guys an update on each of the three sports kind of with big news going on right now. So, Matt, how are you this morning?
0: I'm doing great, yeah. yeah there's plenty to talk about today, uh, most notably that women's volleyball game and, and just kind of sweeping Weaver State per usual yeah,
1: that was a that's a great place to start um, on the volleyball front They The Badgers looked really good. Uh, of course, Weaver State coming in off their win over Bowling Green, um, and Wisconsin really just came out and took care of business against an opponent that um, you know gave them gave it their best shot. But Wisconsin volleyball is just so talented that at, at the end it was just way too much for them. So they'll move on. Um, to take on BYU, who upset or knocked off UCLA, um, I believe those two will play on Sunday, April 18th. Not sure of the time and um, you know the possible television streaming options quite yet. But what did you make of the Badgers' uh, first-round win? Anything to take, or just uh, a dominant team being the dominant force that they are?
0: I was going to say I think it was just more of what we're used to seeing at this point. They incredibly talented. You look back at um, last week, they had basically ran through the awards of the Big Ten and, and took a little bit of everything across all of the, you know, first team, second team, third team, freshman. Um, and so it, it isn't a giant surprise that it went the way it did. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that this next contest against BYU will be a little bit more challenging, but, but really then kind of you look at it, the regional, sem- regional finals, and national semifinals, I think, is where this team is going to really try have to hit their stride to make sure that they're clicking on all cylinders because that's when the competition level even gets higher. And um, Wisconsin is is a team that should be playing for the national title this year if if all things go according to plan, given the talent that they have and just the assortment of weapons that they have to run in and out at, at all times.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it was a this contest was a good kind of. I don't want to say warm-up because that's a little bit disrespectful of Weaver State, but they were, um, you know, a team that just didn't have as much talent. Wisconsin came out, did the things, you know, leaned on the, the the usuals. Dana Redke had a really good game. Daniel Hart had a really good game. Lauren Barnes had a really good game. And, you know, lean on the, the players that, you, that have got you to this point, kind of get you, you know, started in the NCAA tournament. Wisconsin's been so stop-and-go, stop stop-and-go this entire season in terms of playing, so it's nice for them to just, be able to get out there and, and play a game here and then, you know, move on and, and play on Sunday as well. So it's going to be an interesting matchup with BYU, but I think Wisconsin just getting to play more consistently. Um, you know, now you're in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully you don't have to worry about any sort of those issues. You get the same, um, you know, you, your same key players playing well. They should uh, be able to advance and, and take on, um, you know, someone beyond BYU. Hopefully they can knock them off. I, I think they could, but yeah, like you mentioned, once you get into those. Um, later rounds, I think the test will really start to come. But if you've got at least your feet under you with a couple solid wins in the NCAA tournament to get you started, I think that's a, a good place to start. And once Wisconsin, ball, when, they're, when they're clicking, they're, they'll really get moving. So it's good to see that they came out and, and started the way you want to with uh,
0: a clean sweep of Weaver State. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this, this team is, is really good, and they've got the firepower to, to win a bunch of games. And, and now it's just making sure that you don't slip up because they got past one of the hurdles. Now there's there's a few more ahead of them.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great to look forward to and, and watch. It's going to be exciting to, to keep watching those, uh, those games. Um, but like I said, BYU is on Sunday. I'm still waiting on the time and the uh, streaming option for that. Moving on down the line here, Wisconsin basketball is probably the, the biggest news um, since our last podcast, and we'll start with Brad Davison. Um, he has announced that he is returning to Wisconsin basketball, and I'll have to say, Wisconsin Twitter, uh, athletics Twitter as a whole, is always a joy. But the pure divide that was <laughs> that was been there this week, with some people happy that Brad Davison's coming back, some people very upset, and some kind of in the middle. Um, I would say the fan base is is firmly divided at this point in time. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense, I know, in the group of guys that were. Um, You know, of course, had the extra year of eligibility offered up to them. Brad Davison seemed like the most likely candidate to return. We mentioned in his cryptic post originally um, that he used, you know, present tense instead of past tense with Wisconsin. So it seemed like Davison was possibly the one that was going to come back. He now announces that he is. So, what do you make of that? How do you feel about him returning? Um, and, and where? <laughs> I don't know if you want to pick a side in this divisive uh, fight between Wisconsin fans, but what do you make of his return? Oh, I'll just pick a side. It
0: doesn't matter <laughs> at this point. Um, so I I, I I understand the divisiveness just because Brad Davidson um, can be kind of a polarizing figure depending upon which team you root for um, or even if you are a Badger fan in that right. Um, but... I look at it as if you were combing through the transfer market and you take away that his name is Brad Davidson, take away the jersey, take away um, kind of his first, I mean, his career marks in in what he's done in terms of some of his, what some people will say is dirty plays. um, And they have been at times, potentially. So you look, though, at the statistics of what he is bringing for Wisconsin and He is a 36% three-point shooter over the course of his career. Last year, he shot 39%. He's a a steady free-throw shooter. He's good at at grabbing rebounds, three and a half a game, almost two and a half assists per game. Um, He he has low turnover numbers, averaged around 10 points per game over the course of a four-year starting career. Uh, Has... Obviously last season struggled shooting two, per, two pointers inside the arc, only 27%, but before that was pretty consistent above uh, 42% up to 40, almost 47% his freshman year. Um, I think most people, when you're saying, okay, a six-foot-four guard that's going to bring you that, um, you're, you're probably happy, right? So I, I think if you look at it through that lens, it's, it's something that fans should be, happy about. Uh, you also look at the fact that this team has so little experience. Um, they have two guys. If you take away Brad Davidson, they have two guys who have played meaningful minutes in in, in, a college, in their college careers. Tyler Wall and Jonathan Davis. And Jonathan Davis only did it for one year as a part-time player. Tyler Wall did it one year as a part-time player and one year as a starter for most of the season. Um, and so I think having the leadership capabilities of and back like I said, four-year starter is is really the invaluable part here, um, just to kind of be a, be a bridge towards the next um, group, and and allowing a guy like Jonathan Davis, Tyler Wall, to to learn to become leaders under him, I think is is important. So while I know that there are some things that come with Brad Davis and being on the court, especially if Bo Baroski is is refereeing the game. Um, it, it is something that I think on paper it makes a ton of sense for Wisconsin. It makes a ton of sense for for Brad Davison, especially because he didn't use a redshirt season, and he's not a guy who probably is looking at uh, an NBA future in any right. So um, I, I think it makes a ton of sense for everybody involved. Um, but I totally understand where people might be like, I don't know if I need to watch you know 30, 34 <laughs> more games of Brad Davison.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of how I was. I was kind of trying to look at it through a bunch of different lenses. You know, I, I know there's some people that want to just move on from the group that's been there. I get that. You want to just you know let the new let the new crap of, of players play and take some minutes, but that's going to come with some growing pains as well. And, and maybe you're okay with you know just throwing the young guys out there that haven't played a ton, and the result is the result, and you go from there. So I, I get it from that angle, you know, just trying to will it. Will Brad Davison coming back build you for the future? I think yes and no. I think there's part of it where yeah, he's going to play over someone else, but at the same time, I think the leadership that he can bring um, to a team that, like you mentioned, has has not got a lot of guys that played some minutes outside a Wall um, and Jonathan Davis. I think that can be valuable as well. So um, I, I get it from both sides. I, I think there's the, the the clear divide is is there. I can see a lot of different angles, but at the end of the day, I think you look back at the numbers of what he brings um, at that position. I I think that's going to be nice to have, Um, you know. It'll be interesting to see how the rotation kind of works out. We'll talk about that a little bit here um, at the end of of the basketball talk with Jacoby Neath, the transfer as well, how the rotation kind of moves around. I think that part is is maybe part of it. But, again, the the numbers that he brings, um, the leadership that I think he can bring to, like you mentioned, a, kind of a bridge between Wall and Davis, kind of taking over um, this team, I, I think can be important. You know, the the Brad Davidson is kind of that extension of of Greg Gard on the court there, and and maybe you're not super thrilled with that, but at the same time, he's he's a guy that can score, he can lead, so I get it from all angles. But at the end of the day, it's up to Brad Davidson. He had the option, and it makes a ton of sense for him to come back. And I, I think Wisconsin basketball. There will certainly be some ups and downs with it. We've had ups and downs throughout the Brad Davison career, but uh, I think right now on paper, like you said, it makes a lot of sense for both sides, and, and we'll see how it shakes out next year.
0: Yeah, and if you can get that two-point percentage back to where he, he was in his previous three seasons, I think you got a really a, a really good player who, who's going to help you out in a lot of ways. He, he's, he's kind of reached his ceiling. Like, you, you know what you're getting with Brad Davidson, whereas you have some of the younger guards that you're like, I don't know what I'm getting. But if Brad Davidson is removed from that rotation, you're probably looking at five starters that are freshmen. And, and that's, I don't know if that's what you want either. So um, I, I think it, it, it is um, one of those situations where it's probably in the best interest that he's back. And for, for everybody who's, who's kind of rolling their eyes, and it isn't super pumped about it. Just know that it's one more year, and and really you can hold on to the at least the sicko in me holds on to the fact that it's going to piss off a lot of other fan bases. <laughs> you you got you, you love the villain when he's on your team, and yeah, I
1: saw some uh, some other fan bases tweeting about it and were much more upset than Badger fans and and that. So. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be an, an interesting ride um, for Wisconsin and Brad Davison for one more. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, despite the discrepancies from others that, that at least right now, it makes sense. If we come out and, and he struggles to play and we've got those antics and, and there's other guys that have proved that they're ready to take some minutes, then I can see it. But right now, like you mentioned, you'd be going if Davison didn't come back, come back, you'd be going into the season with a, a lot of young players that haven't played a lot of basketball. And, and maybe that sets you up in the future, but that can also set some players back. If you're throwing guys out there that aren't ready to play, that can sometimes hinder the careers of guys. So I think um, you know, with the rest of the guys gone, having one back like Davison, who makes the most sense out of the group, isn't the worst thing in the world, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, uh, speaking of Wisconsin basketball and the rotation – um, the Badgers also picked up a transfer in Jacoby Neath out of Wake Forest, um, is where he began his career last year. Averaged 15.8 minutes per game with the Demon Deacons, 3.8 points per game. Um, There's a couple games in there. I was looking at the um, sheets just a little bit ago, eight to ten um, a few times. Played some some quality minutes for the Demon Deacons, um, but looking to move on uh, to the next phase of his career. Gives the batter some depth. Uh, you know, we talk about Davison at that guard position. So, what did you make of of this transfer pickup for Wisconsin? I,
0: I think in the end, this makes like like the Brad Davis move. This makes a lot of sense. Um, I think most fans were probably hoping to land a little um, higher caliber player or somebody who who was coming from like mid major and rising up, um, but. In, in the end, you're looking at a 6'3", 200 guard um, who, who has played meaningful minutes collegiately, um, albeit on a really bad Wake Forest team the last two years. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest has been one of the worst teams in the ACC, and um, I called them out for that, and their fans get really pissy. But um, <laughs> but in the end, 15 minutes a game, 18 minutes a game type stuff he he's not going to be a guy that's going to blow you away, but he does have plus athleticism. He he has some some not so great assist to turnover numbers, but I think if folks come into next year with the understanding that he is a kid who is probably going to mirror what Trevor Anderson brought you in terms of a uh, reserve guard who is going to be able to give you meaningful minutes off the bench. Um, I, I think you'll you'll be pleasantly totally surprised because I think he, he's got a, a little bit more athleticism. You know, Trevor Anderson had that knee injury, which I think really did hurt him. He'll, be the, he'll say it won't, but that in basketball, you move so much side to side that it has to. In a certain extent, you, you see in watching highlights, he can get to the rim, he can elevate, uh, he's, he's a little quicker, but the turnover part is, is something he's definitely going to have to work on. But if he can get back to or even split the difference between his three-point shooting from his freshman year to his sophomore year and get into that uh, mid-30s, upper-30s three-point percentage, I I think he's a a quality guard to bring in. And I just love that it um, balances scholarship numbers a little bit more. You you think back of the train wreck that was a 2018 recruiting class, and he is the kid who would have been part of that. So he's really coming in. And, and kind of filling in for what they missed out on and what was a really big, huge miss of a class. So I think overall it, it works out really nicely for Wisconsin. I don't anticipate him being a starter or anything like that, but I do think that uh, a, a guard with decent size at 6'3", 200, who, who, who can help you out at either the uh, one or the two, to, to give guys a break is big. It also allows a guy like Jonathan Davis to slide down to the three where he played most of his minutes last year. So overall, I think it's, it's great.
1: Yeah. I, I think the, the important point there was the, the, the tempering of the expectations a little bit. I don't, I don't think anyone should expect Jacoby Neath to come in and you know light the world on fire, play a ton of minutes, and and be a guy that that's you know provides points and and assists and all that. I think the comparison of him stepping in and kind of taking over the Trevor Anderson role um, is great because they, they kind of have similar games in terms of athleticism. Um, I saw a few highlights of, of Jacoby Neath. He can certainly get up and and slam the ball home. Um, so he's got athleticism like that, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to come out and, and knock down a ton of shots and play a ton of minutes. So kind of having a, a step in of Trevor Anderson, maybe an equivalent to that, um, is, is, is not a bad thing. Anderson, you 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 relied on him for a lot of minutes this past year, and with some of these other guys gone, some guys are going to need minutes. And I know, again, it, you can talk about some of the younger guys playing, but they still are going to need some bodies to, to play that way. So it makes a lot of sense that Wisconsin – Um, went after a transfer, um, like you mentioned. I I think there were maybe some expectations that they'd land someone bigger, but when you look at the the guys that went out the door to get, you know, a a guy like Jacoby Neath back in there to take on a certain role, I think will be important. And uh, I love the the point that you mentioned about scholarship numbers, because I think that part makes a lot of sense that maybe not as many people think about um, in that regard is that that 2018 class was, you know, such a miss to have a player that steps into that and, and kind of, helps mitigate that is is an important part of, of of college basketball that sometimes people don't think of. So I think similar to the Brad Davison you know point that you mentioned, it, it makes a lot of sense, I think, for both sides. Um, Neath may be looking to you know, move up a step in competition, play maybe a little bit more in a Big Ten. Of course, the ACC is um, a quality conference, but Wake Forest, as a basketball program, not as strong as, as where Wisconsin has been recently. So uh, I think it's a it's a good fit for the Badgers as long as there's expectations there that he's not going to be coming in and a guy that's gonna you know you know dominate and play a ton and score a ton. I think his if he finds his role, I think he could be a good a good part of a, a new and budding rotation.
0: Yeah, and 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 sure, he might make some nice gains and and become a reliable player off the bench, give you six seven points off the game. But yeah, like like you mentioned, I don't think this is going to be a kid who's, who's going to come in be. Um, uh, a high-scoring threat or or really just all of a sudden become a totally different player. He didn't have crazy offer lists coming out of high school. He, he was kind of under-recruited. So I think Wisconsin is, is getting a good rotational player that can help them out and, and give them some experience and depth things that this team needed at the guard position because Chucky Hepburn is, is, is a, a kid that Wisconsin's really high on, that fans should be super high on. Jonathan Davis – is a kid that fans should be extremely high on after what he did this past year. And Lauren and Bowman, we, we're still hoping to see what he's going to be um, next year after taking basically a year off. So those were going to be otherwise your only three guards um, outside of the, the recent um, walk on that they got as well. So I think you're, you really needed. Another body, especially an experienced body, to come in there, and, and I think this this really sets up your roster a little bit better. And I, I believe they still have a scholarship. If they wanted to roll with a grad transfer, they they still could do that. This kid just has a few years of eligibility, which I think is a nice added p- part of this as well.
1: Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned that because it seems like they you know there's one more spot available. Maybe Wisconsin can go after someone else, but adding these two certainly. Gets the rotation at least somewhat in order, and, and maybe they add another piece. I know fans were thinking maybe they would um, add a big. I know Wisconsin was in talks with Tanner Groves, um, you know, his exciting player in the NCAA tournament. He cut his list down um, to four. Wisconsin was not part of that. But it seems like the batters might be in the market for one other player, um, maybe at you know a forward big position like that. But with these two, the rotation becomes a little bit more clear. So what do you make of, of the rotation right now? Where do you think? Um, some guys maybe
0: line up? So I think the biggest thing is I still anticipate that Chucky e. Hepburn will be point guard number one. Um, I, I think he just brings something different than anybody else, any of the other point guards have. Plus I like Lauren Bowman's ability to shoot which, which and his length, which could help him um, be a guy who could play a little bit of the two as well. So I think Lauren Bowman would be a nice uh, fit off of the bench to, to spell Hepburn um, or Brad Davidson. Same with Jacoby Neese. I think those two, um, give you now, or those four now give you a pretty solid, um, backcourt that you can rely upon. And, and there's a lot of youth. You got one experience, another guy with, with a decent amount of experience, and then two young guys to, to help you out as well. Then you look at, um, Jonathan Davis. I anticipate that he's going to pop down to the three, play that, uh, that wing position, which, you know, it's essentially a hybrid guard slash forward traditionally a small forward position at six, five, he, he, played most of mostly there last year. He he kind of stepped in for a lean forward most of the time when he was on the court. Um, So I I think that is a a good fit for him and what he can do. And and then I think the forward positions, you got power wall is going to be your power forward most likely. But the real question now is what, who ends up at center and, Mm -hmm. and, or really the other forward position, I, I'm I'm high on Stephen Crowell. I think he's gonna be um, the one to get that spot. I think Ben Carlson is further along talent-wise. Is is maybe has um, a better offensive game to rely upon. But I think you look at the height differential, six nine versus seven foot. Um, you look at 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 how many forwards the Badgers struggled with this past year, and I think you want to have a 7-footer or somebody at least close to 7 feet on the court um, for the bulk of your minutes, so I think Crowell will be your starter. Otherwise, the Badgers would be extremely small at 6'9", 6'9", 6'5", 6'4", and, and six, one. Um, so I would anticipate that Crowell is is the guy, at least that's my mind. I, I know Ben Carlstein could have something to, to say for that and could easily take over that spot as well. And then you probably got um, a few guys off the bench. Um, Jordan Davis might be a kid that could spell his brother if need be. Um, I, I think Matthew Moores brings a shooting ability that can help them off the bench as well. Um, if Brad if Davidson didn't come back, I would actually thought that Moores might end up starting. So I, I think overall, this is a team that the, the depth chart, as you will, I know that that's not usually something considered for basketball as much, but but kind of the rotation, you're probably looking eight deep, and you should have some guys off the bench to to help you out, and maybe nine deep because you're so young.
1: Yeah, I think that's a solid rotation, and when you look at you know the kind of the, the the points that you laid out there, it it almost makes the picture of Brad Davidson coming back a little bit more clear because he's really you know if you pop Davis down, he's not taking any minutes away from there. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to to kind of go with those four at guard, um, and and then find some sort of rotation with Davis. You've got Wall, and then you know Crowell and Carlson, um, and Matthew Moore is kind of in that big role. So I, I think that's a solid rotation to a team that, yes, yeah, probably going to have some growing pains, but you've got some, uh, now some leadership in Davison, and and should be a lot of uh, fun to watch. You know, you look at some of these guys you followed along with. But Davis, you know, now into his second year, you, you followed along with Chucky Hepburn in ha- his high school career. He seems like a guy that, you know, you mentioned the Badgers are very high on him. If you've watched any of his high school tapes, he's a guy that's going to come into Wisconsin, I think, be ready to play right away. So you don't have as much concern there at the point guard position. And, and really you get to finally get a look at, even though you've got to watch another 34 to, you know, some games of, of Brad Davison, you still get a, a pretty good look at, the youth of Wisconsin basketball that will be coming in at some of the other positions. So I think overall that rotation would be one that is exciting. You know, It's not the same group that you've had these last couple years. You've got one part of that, but overall you're getting to see some glimpses of some of these younger guys without putting too much pressure on them, putting too many minutes on them. So I think Wisconsin basketball is going to have some adjustments to make, and and they're maybe not going to be a team that – contends for a Big Ten, but they're going to be fun to watch, and I think that'll help them uh, build for the future, and this rotation kind of gets you excited about what you might have next year.
0: I think the biggest thing is any player who shows the staff that they can shoot the ball and shoot the ball well is going to see the time, so I I think two guys to to keep an eye on as well are, are Carter Gilmore, who I think could get into the rotation. He he can play a couple different spots based off of his size. He just earned a scholarship, so congrats to him um, for that after walking on originally out of Arrowhead. And then Isaac Lindsay, another walk-on um, out of Mineral Point, yep. didn't play last year at UNLV, and I know we mentioned him coming in. If, if he comes in, he's going to be eligible most likely now that they've um, passed the one-time transfer exemption. So I would anticipate if he's he's another kid who can who can stroke it if he comes in and shows that he can shoot the ball well he could also earn potential minutes as well so I think there's a lot of moving pieces we really won't know anything until this summer come fall um, and and I still wouldn't um, I don't think the Badgers are shutting the door on bringing in another guy especially if it's a grad transfer um, to to kind of continue to to keep scholarship numbers a little bit more stable.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that would make a ton of sense. It's going to be exciting to see how Wisconsin basketball kind of shakes out over these next few months into the summer and fall that way. All right, guys, so we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way now, and then we'll get into some Wisconsin football conversation. All right, let's touch on some football. Before we get into Wisconsin, um, throwing out some offers, Reggie Pearson has found a new home. Of course, former safety for the Badgers was not medically cleared, um, to play with Wisconsin, decided to transfer. He's going to head to South Dakota. Um, I think if you're South Dakota, you're getting a player that showed a lot of promise at the, the Division One level, so you're, you're probably giddy about that. Um, of course, we wish him the best of luck. I know it's a tough situation that, that him, um, you know, for Reggie Pearson, he loved Wisconsin. It's it just unfortunate the, the way kind of things shook out, but um, you know, it's, it's definitely not a transfer move that is, in, you know, in spite of anything, um, just didn't really work out in terms of the medical stuff. So he's heading to South Dakota. What do you make of that? I think it's a good fit um, for him to to hopefully excel and then get back on the field.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great for, fit for him. It's a good program. He, he's a kid who, um, assuming he's healthy, he's, he's cleared to play, um, which I think is the major reason that he's not playing on a on a D1 team. Um, you know he's he's shifted down bumped down to the FCS level it is because of health concerns. So best of luck to him. I think overall though he he's a kid that I think both of us wish was still playing for the Badgers, and I think mm-hmm. most fans do. So I'm I'm hopeful that he can stay healthy and can get everything out of his college career that he's hoping for now. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because he was a
1: player when when he first started um, at Wisconsin. I was really excited about him. Um, you know as a player and, and just the way he played so early on in his career you know at a safety position he was a guy that looked like he was going to develop into a, a really strong um, Division One player so like I said I think South Dakota is is getting a gem assuming he can uh, get back out in the field and, and of course get through some of those medical issues that have held him back um, at, at Wisconsin so yeah we wish him the best of luck I hope he um, you know, goes on to a strong career and and turn some heads because we, we certainly got our head turned um, when he played earlier at Wisconsin. I think um, if you pay attention to FCS football, you'll hear his name quite often if he's able to get back out there. So moving on down the line, Wisconsin has been throwing out some offers on the defensive line for the class of 2023. Um, three-star Ja'Kai Lang out of Troy, Missouri. Um, he's also got an offer from Kentucky. You got four-star Edric Hill out of Kansas City. He's got some other offers from Iowa, Iowa State, Kentucky, Minnesota, and Washington State. you got five-star Brennan Vernon out of Mentor, Ohio. Um, he's got an offer from Ohio State Notre Dame. It seems like he's going to be a hard one to pry away from the Buckeyes. I know 247, the crystal ball pretty much has him um, going to the Ohio State um, University. But what did you make of that? I think it's nice to see Wisconsin kind of getting out and, and making some inroads in that 2023 class.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that you're going to see more and more 23 offers starting to go out, um, especially because Wisconsin is going to really try to get guys on campus here this summer. Um, the Division One Council allowed and now open back up recruiting starting June 1st for in-person visits and in-person evaluation, which is huge for a team like Wisconsin who really relies on summer official visits. We saw Wisconsin do well recruiting last year with the added bonus of of these summer official visits, which are are happening, and unofficials for some of these 2023 kids who are going out, and I think it it can really help them out. Um, But I do love the fact that they're getting some of these offers out early um, with the understanding that that it's going to continue to go faster and faster now that uh, it, it seems like the recruiting had kind of slowed down so far for 2022 mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. A lot of kids kind of holding things back, waiting to go on their visits. But I think it's going to ramp back up and speed back up really quick after um, official visits start up in 2022 because then it, it speeds up the 2023 class as well, which is, get, I think you're going to see everything get back into the normal rhythm what it was before the pandemic where kids are are trying to make decisions fairly early trying to lock down their spot trying to find their home go go on unofficial visits to to inform their decision making and and then use uh, a few official visits early in their um allotment in say 2023 for these defensive linemen to to make a quick decision so that it's over with and they can focus on getting better over the summer and play their their senior years. so I, I love the early early momentum there and and really um, I know we talked about this last episode. Wisconsin continues to stockpile kids in you know those official visit windows for 2022 as well.
1: Yeah, I would expect things to to really start ramping up here as you you start to get some of the restrictions lifted um, in, in terms of recruiting. Um, you've got some some kids that are going to be eager to get out and, and start to make their decisions. Um, so it's going to be an interesting couple months here, Wisconsin football, on the recruiting trail, See what they're going after, seeing where guys are, are going in terms of official visits and, and interest that way. But it's always nice to see Wisconsin being aggressive at some positions that historically they don't always recruit um, you know, the, the top-tier talent in terms of the defensive line. Um, some of these kids are, are really strong players. A kid like Ja'Kai Lang. Not a ton of big offers outside of Kentucky and Wisconsin, so I would imagine now that with those two, um, those are the two programs that recruiting-wise traditionally get to guys early, and then um, you know a lot of the other Big Ten programs and SEC programs will follow along. So I'm sure he'll pick up some other offers, and then the other two, you know, four-star, five-star kids. Um, you know, I know Brennan Vernon is probably a little bit more of a dream pulling him away from Ohio State, but um, a guy like Edgar Kill at four-star on the defensive line. Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota all in the running. So it's, um, it's going to be an interesting um, in your next few months to see how both of these 2022 and 2023 class start to either take shape in terms of where they're going and, and, and for 2023 seeing where Wisconsin is really starting to lay the groundwork and get after things.
0: Yeah, and, and it would be exciting to, to see if Wisconsin can get into the mix and really um, win out in recruitment for a guy like Lang. You mentioned he's from Missouri. Wisconsin did, did some nice work, um, you know, a decade ago in Missouri and, and were able to bring in a bunch of guys, I mean, decade ago and even farther back. So it's been a while, but I think that is a, a spot that is oftentimes um, a, a space that Wisconsin can get into because there's not a lot of teams that are in that mix. I know Illinois really recruits it hard. Obviously Missouri, Nebraska is involved quite a bit. But but that's a space that if Wisconsin can can land a couple guys, it it could go a long way as well, because you look at some of the other spots, that's not that far of a drive to get to Wisconsin. Whereas if you're trying to go pull kids out of Georgia, you're looking at, at flights, for, for unofficial visits. So I, I think Lang, if they can get him on campus, he's a kid, they could have a relative shot, especially if they um, are able to hold off some of the bigger offers that I'm, I'm sure are likely to occur.
1: Yeah, should be an interesting, um, you know, case to watch here as Wisconsin starts to lay some inroads for that 2023 class. Uh, speaking of recruiting, the 2021 class picked up a very late, I know traditionally you're not seeing um, additions to that part of, of the group, but um, Crazy times um, right now. Uh, Alex moler out of Mount Prospect, Illinois, will join the Badgers as a preferred walk-on quarterback. Um, listed at six foot one sixty-five, plays quarterback and um, defensive back for his high school. So I think maybe there's a situation there where he comes in, provides some quarterback depth. But if you need, could maybe move some positions as well, just given his size um, that way, and you know some of his. Um, abilities to play at other positions so I think for Wisconsin you've got um, a, a nice addition there it gives you a little bit more depth um, in that 2021 class I know he had some offers from SCS schools uh, Southern Illinois Valpo and um, you know Butler Columbia and Yale were part of his college list I think Valparaiso was the um, only actual scholarship offer but interesting late pickup for the 2021 class
0: uh, what did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he is your traditional walk-on that could that who knows what position he actually winds up at. Um, played a lot of quarterback and defensive back in high school. I would anticipate probably ends up at defensive back. Um, and is is, uh, a kid that could help them out as a practice body, and and really who knows? It's always one of those things where we've seen kids come out of basically nowhere, especially kids who are former quarterbacks. Um, play multiple positions, play multiple sports in high school, turn into something more when they get to the, the college level. So hopefully this is another example of that. Um, he, at the very least, hopefully he can become a kid who's involved with um, special teams and he's able to fulfill a dream of playing at, at, in the Big Ten well, also getting a really good education. So I'm um, excited for him, and, and um, we'll, we'll see what he brings to the table come fall and really what position he's playing come fall is, I think, the biggest question.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch for. All right, rounding things out, spring practice still underway. Um, not a ton of news um, so far this week. Anything that you uh, found
0: notable that you want to touch on before we round things out? Talking to the tight ends um, today, it, it looks like. So I think that'll be something that we haven't heard a lot from them. Um, but beyond that, yeah, there there hasn't been a bunch of news this week, at least as much. So um, you'll notice we kind of it's the midpoint of spring practice. We've got kind of a status update of both sides of the ball coming out this week. But I'm, I'm guessing by the time we hit. Um, early next week, probably on our Monday, Tuesday episode, we'll have more to to break down with spring practice. But as of right now, I think it's more so just a little bit more of the same. Hopefully running backs can get healthy. I think that's one of the biggest thing that's been going on. We continue to hear about Brady Schiffer, which I think is – Great right now because I think we, we mentioned that he's a kid who can help them out as a third down back, but when you're having to go down the line and, and miss it out on some of those other guys, it's, it's noteworthy in a lot of ways. But um, I, I think that's the biggest thing right now is, is just trying to, to keep guys healthy, keep guys fresh, and, and make gains because there, there is a bunch of practices. You're only halfway through it right now. Yeah, I think the
1: important thing to remember here with no news isn't necessarily a bad thing because generally in spring practice when you're hearing of anything big news and and big stories, it's either a guy really coming on and and playing well in the media or an injury. So if Wisconsin is is coming out and and not really having any big stories out of spring camp, that's not a bad thing because it means nobody's really getting – Um, You know, any sort of major injury, any sort of major bang up that could hang them up for, um, you know, fall and spring practice that way. So no news isn't necessarily uh, bad news in that regard. But, yeah, we'll make sure to keep covering anything that we um, find news and noteworthy uh, as we get into our episodes next week. So, all right, guys, that wraps up our episode of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed a little roundup of each of the sports kind of having things going on right now. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you next week in Wisconsin.